Accelerating Careers in Real Estate with Nick Carman. Brought to you by McDonald & Company. So good evening. Welcome back to the Accelerating Careers in Real Estate podcast. I'm your host, Nick Carman. Although today we have got a slightly different running order in mind because I'm joined by two key co-hosts. I've got Lawrence and Kamika. So guys, thank you very much for joining me. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks, Nick. Hi, everyone. So my name's Lawrence. I'm currently a graduate development manager at Lendis, working in our development business. And I actually went through the apprenticeship route in terms of getting into the real estate industry, which brings me nicely into my first question to you, Kamika. Um, what was the appeal of real estate for you? Hi, Lawrence. Nice to meet you, first of all. It's always great to meet other you know, people that have done apprenticeships and graduate schemes like myself. Likewise. Likewise. Um, so, as I said, my name is Kamika. I am in the last year of my apprenticeship. I work for Kushner Wakefield and I am currently sitting in a valuation seat. Um, so I'm doing some retail valuation. What was the appeal of real estate? That's a really good question. I think if I look as far back as, you know, being in secondary school, for example, I would say it was just watching TV. <laughs> so like seeing shows like, you know, Location, Location, <laughs> Place of the Sun. <laughs> Very, very just simple. That's how I would put it. Just being interested in that kind of world on a very, you know, simple level. And then wow. obviously I did some work experience um, at property company. And I think that's where I was like, oh, my God, this is this is another world. I've never been introduced to this at school. You know, no careers counsellor has ever told me about property or real estate. And it was interesting. And I think that was where the appeal was, the interest in how things work. That's very interesting in terms of <laughs> the TV shows and like because yeah, it's, it's similar for me. <laughs> but um, I mean, I just want to ask you the same question, Lawrence. Like, what was your appeal for real estate? So to be honest, there wasn't an appeal for real estate for me. It was it was all kind of a bit a bit weird. So my focus all throughout secondary school and sixth form was to go into university and do an engineering degree, which is why I worked towards doing um, maths, chemistry and um, sciences at A-level. And then about a month before I started, I was just chilling, you know, on a random Thursday or something. I was watching TV and then this advert came up for apprenticeships. I think this was in 2017 when there was like a real push to get more apprentices in the market. And then it was this guy from, was it Lloyd's Bank or something? And he was like, oh, this is what I do on a day-to-day. -day. Like, he's like an investigative um, banking guy. And he just looked really cool. I was like, oh, okay, that's that's kind of cool. And he said that he, you know, it's, um, he's getting, he's going to university, but it's free, so he's being sponsored and he's getting paid and he's getting experience at the same time. So, so I went, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so then I decided to to go on the website that they put in the, in the ad and see what was there. So I did. And seeing as it was like, two or three weeks before most apprentices started, most of the apprenticeships had gone. But the only ones left was, there was two left. I can't remember what the first one was. But the second one was for a real estate slash property apprentice. So I, I just applied, not even know what I was applying for. I just did an application. And then went to the interview. 
there, yeah, just talked about like, thankfully the, the interview wasn't too competency-based or technical. It was more like in terms of my school experience and me as a person. So I think I was able to get through that pretty well. And then, yeah, I started. And then, yeah, so once I got in, in terms of like, I started to learn about the industry and things that kind of like kept me interested. Like, yeah, property is like a very versatile kind of industry. So in terms of things you can do, um, it's quite varied. And I also really like the the fact that it's uh, really people focused as well. So yeah, it's like there's a whole push on building relationships and that's something that I I like quite a lot. And just at the end of the day, the products that we're delivering or working on are actual physical you know, buildings or assets, um, and to be able to shape that in some way is actually really cool, I think. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that was it for me. You really touched on some really good points, you know, obviously real estate is in everything that we do. I think coming on a more personal note, I was asked the other day what, you know, I think I could offer. I was looking to move to another team internally and I was asked what can I offer that team, you know, and... Um, I'd like to ask you that question. You know, obviously you've had your experience now. Uh, you've been doing this for a while. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to some people, probably we haven't been doing this for a while, you know. Um, but what can you offer when you look at yourself, Lawrence? What what do you offer your team, you know, the industry as a whole? Uh, well, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm just like a, a pretty cool. I think Kamika called you a geriatric apprentice. Here, or <laughs> I think that's what she was getting at. Yeah, it sounds like it, doesn't it? Um, I've, I've turned into a veteran. Um, but yeah, what, what can I offer? I mean, apart from, you know, me, and I'm, I'm a pretty cool guy. I'm joking. <laughs> In terms of uh, skills and such, what I can offer into the industry, I think, and this is like for young people in general, I think, um, is that different perspective. Because when I came into the industry initially, I had noticed that a huge amount of people in the industry were like older, so it wasn't like a like a balanced, you know, 20s to 25s and 30s. It was like quite skewed towards older generations. And, you know, most of them may or may not, but um, a lot of them may have been used to doing things in a certain way, kind of like this, how we've been doing it for forever. So I think coming with that different perspective and always being able to look at a problem with fresh eyes, if it's the first time I'm seeing it, and hopefully being able to contribute and asking questions like maybe we can asking if we could do things in a different way, things like that, I think um, is what I can offer or young people can offer to the industry. Also, not to brag, but I think most of us are pretty good with technology in general. Um, <laughs> just, you know, being in being in meeting rooms and having to sort out the tech, you know, stuff like that. And not even just that, I think us young people grew up with technology and not just growing up with technology, grew up, grew up with technology changing at a fast pace. So having to adapt, I think that adaptability and use of technology as well is something that um, uh, young people can offer to the industry Um as well and and with that comes like innovation you know and that touches on my previous point of coming with a different perspective is like we see a we see a problem anytime we see a problem most of the time we're looking at it from fresh eyes and we're using Mm -hmm. our personal experiences which are going to be different from other other generations of other people growing up in the 80s and 90s our experiences are going to shape the kind of answers and suggestions that we put forward so I think that's something that people need to see as a huge positive which it is and I'm not and I don't think it's been um, exploited as well so yeah I think those are some of the things that um, I and young people in general can offer for you Kamika what what do you think you can offer to the industry and what question did you give to to the people asking what you can offer for the other team (laughs) 
So at first I was kind of like, oh, you know, sometimes questions like that really kind of throw you off because I think it's yeah. quite hard to talk about yourself. I don't know if you have that as well, but yeah. it's very it's very easy to talk about other people and, you know, what you're doing and what you're getting into, but it's very hard to, to actually focus on, you know, your offering. And um, that's something I'm trying to work on. But um, I would say it's quite similar to what you said as well. I think it's very important to be a people's person. I think it's very underrated. I think mm. the fact that you can be personable and people, you know, they might not have to like you, but, you know, you're there and you're present and you're um, asking the questions, as you said, and you're making the links. I think that is something that, you know, if I could give any advice to anyone younger coming up, it's about being there, you know, being present and um, really un trying to understand what's happening. And even if you don't, just being there just shows already that, you know, you are already set on your way, you know, to be successful, I think. Yeah, yeah. And then um, I would say also I'm just a consistent person, you know. Mm. I think he's a very <laughs> – I think the points I'm picking on, you know, I don't, I, I, I want to say I'm, you know, a brilliant um, brilliant evaluation. <laughs> I'm so good at talking to agents. But really and truly, these are qualities that I think you can um, – are quite adaptable you can do them in lots of different things I think being consistent is um, one of my strong points because even if I don't know something now you best believe if I work hard enough and I take the time you know and I ask the right questions yeah, I'm gonna yeah. learn it and I'm yeah. gonna be somewhat good at it and I think that that's one of my offerings I think that I can be consistent and you know I'm not just there for short term I like long-term <laughs> goals um and then, yeah, so I think that kind of brings me on to maybe asking you, what advice were you given maybe first time in the industry mm. that just really stuck with you? Because I could think of a lot of advice that was given bad <laughs> and good that just really stuck with you and just kind of shaped, you know, your career in the way it is today. That's a, that's a very good question. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, a heavy one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's a good question. So... There's one that really sticks out to me. And like the first thing that came into my mind when you asked was like um, one of my mentors, she told me, uh, she was basically giving me her kind of career history and where she came from. And she said the key that's helped her was to always say yes, right? And that, that sounds a bit like oh, always say yes, but like in terms of opportunities, always putting your hand up. If someone asks in a company who wants to do this and it doesn't seem like, oh, this is a bit of a boring task or doesn't you can't really see what benefit it would have in the short term, you always just put your hand up and do it because from that you could learn something, you can meet someone that could help you out later on in your career. So yeah, both internal and external opportunities, always put your hand up and always get involved. I think that's a very good piece of advice I think would help anyone, both young and old um, and older in kind of like their careers and in life in general. So yeah, that's that's one that I can think of for now. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure you you've heard some advice in your time that you can offer me I think what you've said I've, I've heard that as well and that's been really helpful I think also just you know as I said before just not overthinking it because I mm. think obviously there's so much pressure nowadays to you know have your career together know what you're doing especially in like uh, some people say specialize early some say get as much experience as possible it's yeah. about knowing that 
you actually haven't lived long enough to know certain things. Do you know what I mean? So you <laughs> yeah, actually have to, you actually have to wait it out and experience those things in order to like make certain decisions. And I think because I'm a bit of an overthinker, I think that was a really good uh, piece of advice that I received, which was kind of like just get the experience, don't worry about you know all these things, and then it will fall into place once you've ah. got it. Once you've kind of um, already got that mindset, anyways, it's going to fall into place. We're talking about obviously younger generation, you know, and let's obviously specifically talk about those coming up in, you know, the property industry or real yeah. estate space. Yeah. Um, in your own words, what are some things that you would like to see to allow, you know, more young people to obviously have access to real estate and property industry? And what are some things that you would like to see in place to facilitate that? Oh, um, okay. So I think that's, that's a very good question. Um, I think Thank what you. I'll do is, <laughs> all right. I think what I'll do is I'll break it down into two parts. Cause you said, what can we do to bring more young people into the industry? And also when they're here, what do they need in terms of support and stuff, um, to yeah. come in? But yeah, I think the first bit will be like bringing people in in general. I think just more engagement pretty much just like going to young people and let, letting them know how, interesting real estate is how varied how cool how how beneficial and how how much input they can have in shaping where they live do you know what i mean so i think if we if we can communicate that to young people there'll be a lot more young people in the, in the industry and for someone like me that was never communicated to me so there was no interest in real estate at all so i think if we can do that that would help out in bringing more general, young people in but then once they're in i think they need three main things so number one which has helped me a lot is feedback right they need feedback, constant and constructive. It's two C's. They need constant feedback and it needs to be constructive. So every little thing they do, well, not little, but like every task you assign them as an as a, a manager or leader, once they do it, either good or bad, you have to give them feedback. Tell them, this is what you did. This is what you did good. And always try and see if you did it again, maybe try this, maybe try that, you know. And also that ties into giving them a bit of a slack, you know, cutting them some slack, which I think... Um, most companies are good at, but some people, some managers sometimes forget it. Um, it's like young people, especially coming in in the apprenticeship route, have no experience most of the time in real estate at all. So they will need some room and opportunities and support to kind of grow. And they, they need to feel comfortable enough that, yeah, I can make a mistake and I'll learn from it. But I'm able to ask those silly questions or quote unquote silly questions, make the mistakes, do do something wrong, you know, be given a task, do it wrong and get feedback. Um, and I think what managers and companies need to understand when bringing apprentices is like, you can't look at, at an apprentice as like a, a cheap resource, you know, or um, yeah, cheap resource, someone to come in and do the admin or the, the grunt work as it were. Like these guys need time and effort. Like my manager told me when I was coming up was, uh, um, he said, you actually speaking to me directly, like you're a lot of work and I think apprentices are a lot of work. And truth is, I was a lot of work, to be honest. <laughs> I'll, I'll probably come up to that later. But um, yeah, so yeah, apprentices need like support and they, they need to be heard. They need to be valued. They need like someone to actually be with them and help them out. Because I think if they, if they can do that at the end of the scheme or at the end of the four or five years, you have a very competent surveyor on your hands, someone that can um, take on challenges and, and get good results, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think just some things that I would say to people in terms of um, helping the younger generations out. Um, but, yeah, so what what would you say, Kamika, in terms of um, both, I guess, bringing people in from your experience and also when they're in, what kind of support do you think uh, people can offer to these young people? 
to help them thrive? I think what you touched on is so important because being an apprentice, I think some management and some companies obviously look at it, as you said, you know, cheap resource, you know, do the work. We look good, tick the box kind of exercise. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. I think people that really truly understand it, and I'm grateful that I've been in rooms with people that understand what the apprenticeship really is. And it is really, it's about teaching. It's literally just about teaching and experience. And I think it's really what you said. And then also just, yeah, they need someone in their corner, you know. They need yeah. someone that from day one, you know, you've come into this big corporate world and you don't know what's going on. You need to be told, you know, this is what you do. This is how you navigate. You know, if I was you, I would take notes, you know. I would, obviously, there are some things that are common sense, but you'd be surprised what, you know, I would say informal rules and things there are in the workplace that, you know, you only learn it through experience. And it, yeah. I would think, my only thing would have been, I would have loved someone to tap me on the shoulder and say, actually, Kamika, do you know what? I think you should do it like this. Or I think you should send mm. this kind of email because that would have been so helpful. Mm. And then um, also just to kind of, yeah, as you said, be a little bit uh, understanding to them. You know, I think when you come in, you I just left school when I um, came to apprenticeship yeah. and it's a whole nother world. And just because, you know, they're doing things differently doesn't mean they're doing it wrong. Mm. And I think... It's, it's good to understand it's that kind of okay I'm at this senior level and you know I can't remember when I started at that level but I'm gonna try and remember and I'm gonna try and you know give them my time you know when people say oh I have time for you it's it's, it's a real thing you need people to have time for you you know yeah yeah so yeah. I think that's important as well speaking of like coming into the industry and you know going through the motions and learning, um, having these experiences what would you say has been your brightest and your darkest day so far in your career that is that is quite the question um so if I was to highlight let's go with brighter first yeah yeah I think my brightest day you know or days are the ones that I I understand what I'm doing. I feel very competent and I feel confident in what I am doing. And yeah. when I look back and I like, for example, in the apprenticeship, you move around the company. So yeah. let's say I was to look at, oh, when I first started valuation, I, and then I look at being obviously doing reports and doing valuations like later on, six months in, I'm just like, oh my God, like I'm actually doing well. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes <laughs> yeah, you're actually yeah, yeah. imposter syndrome. Like you're like, oh, sure. am I actually competent? But then you look at your work and you're like, oh, I can actually do this. And I understand what I'm doing, you know? And if yeah, someone was yeah. to ask me questions about it, I know exactly what I'm talking about. And um, I think those are my brightest days. Okay. And then I will say my darkest days, um, I think one time in particular was when I experienced a bit of uh, burnout. So, uh, yeah, so obviously I've been on the apprenticeship for five years and I was coming down to my, I think this was my in my fourth year, so not too long ago now. And um, I think I was putting a lot of internal pressure on myself. I think I was doing, trying to do a lot in all areas. So I was trying to do really, really well at university because I hadn't mm. um, got my degree yet. And I was trying to do really extremely yeah. well at work. And I was trying to do things on the side for work. And then obviously, you know, you have your personal life as well. Yeah. And I just experienced a lot of like feeling quite burnt out and, and stressed. So I think that was probably my darkest day. And I guess I'll, I'll give you advice right now as well. I don't know if you've yeah. heard this fact, yeah, but apparently, do not quote me on this, but apparently... <laughs> 
it obviously takes you like not very long to get burnt out right it can be in a matter of like days but it takes you three years to properly like your brain to properly um to come back from burnout yes yeah Yeah, for you to like properly like the the, like for your brain to work in the way that it was working before so basically don't get burnt out try not to get burnt out (laughs) yeah okay okay. so uh, in terms of that then how would you advise people in terms of not getting burnt out having experienced it I think obviously, especially because obviously we're quite young. I think sometimes you're exp- you you put a lot of pressure on yourself because you're like, oh, if I don't do this, then senior people that I'm working with are gonna assume that I'm lazy or I'm not competent or I'm mm. slacking. Mm. Because there's such a big thing about working hard, especially in an industry like real estate. I think it is pushed by you know you work hard. Um, and stuff like that but obviously working yeah. hard you have to work hard that's that's what it is but you need to know where your limits are I think and you need to know when yes. to ask for help and you yeah. also need to know how to manage people's expectations you know mm. so those are the things that I would give as advice like know your limits if you can work for example early in the morning and that's good for you and you can do a bit of work before before you actually start, you know, your uh, day-to-day job, then that's fine. If that doesn't work for you and you work better at, you know, in the evening, one hour after work, you need to know where is best for you and how much you can do. You can't work back to back and expect to be um, healthy and productive. It doesn't work. So that's like my main advice. But yeah, I mean, I want to ask you the same question. What has been your brightest day and your darkest day so far? I'll give the darkest day first, which is a bit different to how you did it, right? So my darkest day, honestly, is it's kind of like a, I guess, more of a darkest month to a darkest day. So a bit of context. Um, this was in the first year of my apprenticeship, right? Um, coming towards the end, so around May, June time. And I'd been doing well the first three, six months. But then after a while, you know, I started getting, you know, I would go visit my friends at the universities, right? for a weekend so go on a Thursday come back on a Sunday and then when I'm there I'm just having best time right I'm having so much fun you know going out every day party and I'm thinking oh my days university is amazing what have I done right if I had I have this that thought <laughs> oh, okay I'm doing this apprenticeship and it's cool and I'm learning and, I, and when I'm there when I'm in the apprenticeship like on a day-to-day it's fun but looking back it's like oh man I could be doing this instead so I'll come back and then slowly I started to get a bit more disillusioned uh, in the apprenticeship scheme, and I was like, ah, maybe it's not too late to just leave. Um, so yeah, that started to feed into my work. The quality of work dropped. Um, just my whole demeanor. I just didn't really feel like you know, I just wasn't putting effort in basically. And then it all culminated in the day I was supposed to go and do my end of first year exams. Uh, it was in South End somewhere. Um, I got everything set up, but in my head I was like, I'll just go for the sake of going, and then. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. So I go there and then on the DLR, on the way to the train, to get a train from West Ham Station, I'd lost my wallet, which had oh, my no. train tickets in. So even some, I, I still say to this day, someone pickpocketed me, but my manager would just say I dropped it. But yeah, and anyways, I came off the DLR stop and I didn't have my wallet on me. So first thing in my head was like, oh, oh that's it. I'm not going to this exam, you know. I have to I have to go find my wallet because, you know, it's my wallet. And if I get fired or whatever, I don't care. I need to go get the wallet. So I just turned back. I didn't even think of going to the exam. Turned back, went to go find the wallet. Of course, I didn't find the wallet because, you know, yeah. 
I didn't find it to this day. Um, <laughs> like, why so, would you? you know, the day's already, the already exactly. So it's, it's it's gone. It was gone. But yeah, so I got back, and then the next day, I was fully expecting to just get my my notice letter, or just you know, get fired on the spot, or whatever. I was like fully prepared for that. I get in the room, and then both my managers, my line manager slash director, and then the executive manager of the London office of my company, pulled me into a room and just had a frank conversation with me, and went, "We know you you're capable. We know you're talented, but." If you decide that this is not what you want to do, of course, you're more than happy to leave. But then they just thought it would best if they put things into perspective for me. So they brought up, you know, I guess, future career prospects, what I've achieved so far, what I can expect to experience in the future and what my prospects are. Like, I've got a whole year of experience. I've done a year of university. It's been fully sponsored. Um, in four years' time, I'll have a degree, right? That's, you know, no student loans. Got four years of quality experience and... Um, I'll be, in terms of whatever I decide to do next, even if I decided to leave the industry as a whole, I'll still be in a very good place. So yeah, having that talk, it really did affect me because I was very, I was pretty sure I was going to get fired. So when I didn't get fired, I was like, oh, so I took a day or two to think about it. And after a while, I was just like, you know what? They made some very good points. They, they were right, right? And I come so far and I was, I was enjoying it, right? For the first six, seven months, I was enjoying it. So I was like, you know what? Let me put things, let me put things back in gear. Let me put the, the effort back in. Let me let me give it a go, basically, to see how it turns out. And so that kind of segues really well into my brightest day, which I have two brightest days. I have the main brightest day, which is, I guess, the day I opened the email or whatever and saw that I got first class. That was like Ooh. last year at some point. So I got first class with my university degree. Seeing all I'd been through and all the work put in and getting the first class, it was like, it was, it was just like a real nice full circle moment, you know? I'd, you know, I'd come out on the other side with exactly what I wanted. So that was that was just a very good day. And then the second brightest day was about nine months after I'd had the chat with them, I was in a room in Leicestershire somewhere giving a presentation to like stakeholders in Leicestershire, like um, property owners, agents, wow. uh, landowners, on research that I had done on their area, which is where, because I'm, I'm from London, so going up to Leicestershire, doing research on Leicestershire, telling people that live and work there, this is what is happening now. This is what we think needs to happen in terms of um, land allocation, because that's what that's the work we're doing. We're doing an employment land review. So I was, I was the one giving the presentation. There was, like, at least 30 people in the room, all of them, like, really, like, grey, like, really knowledgeable guys, it seemed. And just, just to see their faces, they were like, yep, this guy knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Just them nodding. I'm like, no, it, just, it felt good. And then coming out of that, I'm going, okay, this is, like, eight months after, and I thought I was going to get fired, and, you know, I'm doing this well. Let's just kind of push on. And, yeah, so I think... Those two were, were really, really good days in terms of my career so far. There's quite a lot to look into there, really. I think similar, similar experiences. And, you know, I think you handled yourself well so far. Thank you. Thank, you. Thank you very much. But, um, okay, when you started, you must yeah. have obviously had some sort of ambition coming into the industry or, you know. Yes. Um, has that changed? Like, would you say your earlier ambition has changed um, and how so? Yes and no. So yes, in terms of what I'll be doing on a day to day. So coming in again, after I had the chat with the my directors, I'd said, okay, you know what? I'm trying to be where they're at in 15, 10, 15 years, right? That was my main ambition. Doing exactly what I'm doing now, which was, um, you know, doing consultancy, working with local authorities. That was like my main focus. But then I think two years later, at some point in, or maybe the next year, late the next year in 2019, at the time I'd lived in Thamesmead, 
So I lived, I grew up in Thamesmead. So I, was, I used, to, we used to get this like local newspaper through our door, right? So one day it comes in and then on the front page or something, it was like 11,000 homes to be delivered in Thamesmead. Um, I was like, oh, this is a really interesting headline. So I read about it and then it turns out um, Lendlease had struck a deal with Peabody, who were the major landowners in the area, to deliver massive regeneration in the area. And I, I, found, I found that very interesting. I was like, oh, okay. That's that's like that's this is massive, right? So I did some more research into the company who was doing it, and then I decided from then that you know going into development and being able to have a say and being able to um, affect and steer these massive urban regeneration programs is something that I think I would want to go into. So from then I started to steer my career towards doing that, and yeah. Two years after that, you know, I, I got the role at Lendis on the graduate scheme. And that's, I think, what I'm even getting involved with at the moment. So my ambitions have changed um, in terms of what I'm doing on day to day. But in terms of general ambitions of, you know, being successful, um, helping to bring more young people and also more people from my sort of background in the areas that I grew up in, into the industry, those have not changed. And those are some things that I'm, you know, still really passionate about and trying to work on. And also, yeah, yeah, doing stuff like active mentoring, which I'm doing now. And, you know, hopefully in the future, I'll get the opportunity to go into places like secondary schools and colleges and speak to kids and try and, you know, get them interested in real estate. Those are my ambitions. I think, yeah, I've stayed the same from, I think, first year in, really. Um, But yeah, so for you... Have your ambitions changed um, as you spent more time in the industry? Yeah, I would definitely say so. You know, I always I find it hard like coming after you because your answers are so good. Don't guess <laughs> I'm just me. like, Don't oh no, uh, he took he took my answer. You're too but, <laughs> I mean, everything that you said about mentoring and stuff like that, that is really a big ambition on my heart as well to kind of give back to people that, you know, are from my background and look exactly like me as well. I think yes. that's a very important point to make as well. You know, yes. um, when I came in, there wasn't many people that looked like me, you know, True. or speak True. like me. And um, it was good to, you know, then go back and speak to schools and stuff. And I think that that's really important. But I, earlier, I think I had the same I had the same ambition to, that you did, which was uh, get into property, work really hard, uh, get promoted, you know, um, become a partner <laughs> in my company. Um, and yeah, and, you know, get a lot of money and, you know, keep it stepping. But I think as I've I've gone on, I think especially with COVID as well, I think there's mm. more of an importance to me about the quality of where I'm working and what I'm doing. And I yeah, think yeah. it's not really so much moving through the motions, but I really, I think going forward, you know, 24, five years in, I think I want to enjoy where I work, enjoy what I'm doing, enjoy yeah. the people that I'm working with yeah. and, um, and add value, you know, and, and feel as if I'm adding value wherever it is, you know, and at the moment I'm kind of, I think, wanting to link obviously my skills traits that I'm just good at you know obviously I said being people's person and and stuff like that and linking it with real estate you know now that I have the experience it's about kind of merging those two together where my strong points Mm. are and finding a space where I can you know do both things and um 
yeah, I think I think that's really how my ambitions have changed. Still, still want to obviously be successful. I mean, for my partner, why why not? <laughs> if I become partner, am I going to turn it down? <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, it's more quality. I'd say now that's my focus. Guys, well done. Really, really good. I'm sl- I'm slightly worried I'm not going to get my hosting seat back after uh, <laughs> after that sort of masterclass. Uh, but guys, um, for people who are listening, right, for people who have, haven't considered having an apprentice, for people who say they haven't got enough time uh, uh, in order to train and develop, this, I don't think, could be a better advert for the value these guys can contribute who are doing the really hard graft of studying and working. And as they've both said, it means they've got to give something up. But all they need now is, is, is the right sort of opportunity in order to, to really sort of change the industry as these, as these guys go on into their next stage and the stage after. So guys, thank you so much for giving up your time uh, and also sort of your thoughts on this. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Nick. Thanks for inviting me.